0: people need to realize that human beings are extremely adaptable so you know this feels like normal to us now
1: this is the we create podcast we create is all about creating a life filled with passion and a quest for purpose and happiness These episodes are filled with stories of fellow creatives and we're super excited to give you a glimpse into their lives. I'm your host, Nichelle, and welcome to another episode. Today's episode is about a family that decided to put dreams into action, move their business and responsibilities online, and take one year of their lives to add a lifetime of memories to their personal stories. You will hear RIT to share how they set up for this experience and what they've learned so far. A side note for the die-hard sound engineers out there, this episode was recorded remotely. I sat in Nasna while RIT was in their car a little more off the grid in the Northern Cape. I used a cool recording app on my phone. You will hear the sound is a little bit hollow, not that clear, but you will soon get used to it, so please stick around. The story is still the same.
2: So today I'm having a, a chat with Rit. Um, thanks for talking to us, Rit. You are a business owner, uh, but specifically on a very special journey this year. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background, who you are, and what you do for a living?
0: Yes. So um, I grew up in Daleside. I'm the youngest of eight children. <laughs> so, um, yeah, growing up was quite a lot of fun, and we always had this little unspoken rule to see who is who is going to have the biggest adventure, but I think I'm beating everyone this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I went to the National School of the Arts, and I never went to study. And um, I I actually uh, took over management of a payroll company in, I think it was 2005, and that's what I've been doing ever since.
2: So payroll um, is your line of business.
0: Yes. And
2: so we... Yeah, tell us more about what you actually do in that business.
0: Okay, so um, our company is called Media Solutions, and we, people, or, um, companies outsource their payroll to us, and then we process it, and we balance um, to whatever third-party payments they need to make. For example, Medical Aid and Provident Fund and SARS and bargaining councils, anything you can think of that should go through a payroll. Um, so we process it and balance it and make the payments, um, and that's that's what we do. We are a payroll bureau, and we do a little bit of HR, focus on what we are good at, and um, it's basically payroll.
2: Wow! And yeah. do you need to be quite a structured, structured, practical person for that? Like good an admin and
0: yes, you have to. You actually have to have a certain type of personality. We we did a, a personality test a few years ago. Not that every kind of person is able. I didn't know this. But that's why I'm laughing. Yeah. Not everyone is able to do payroll because you need a a certain type of personality, someone who likes kicking things off a list and having little boxes that you put things in. You know, you need a you need someone who's structured and who who um, is focus on getting the job done. So yeah, you do need to be structured. And
2: and are you that? Business? Or did you learn that skill?
0: That's a very difficult question <laughs> for me. <laughs> I, I do think I am structured when it comes to work um, because it, I am good at what I do and um, but it feels like I'm another person when I'm not working. So I'm, I think in normal life I am structured so I plan ahead and I um, organize and structure things and put, put things in the right places and so on but I'm not that bothered when it's not when it's not kept that way. But when I'm working, it bothers me a lot. So okay. I, I tend that's to be very perfectionistic when it comes to work. Yeah.
2: Wow, that's Strange. At least you at least you know that about yourself. And now this business yeah. you've taken on the road. And that's I'm very excited to share with the listeners what you guys, um, and because it's you and your family, what you're up to. So Mm -hmm. firstly, can you give us a little bit of light on what you did with your business to allow this venture, and then tell us in short what the venture is about, and then we'll get into more depth.
0: Okay, so um, my husband and I are working together. Um, That's the first thing that makes it, I think, a little bit more possible. And the second thing is that we're not working alone. We've got two other people working with us who are not on the road. So they are still in Joburg. They work from home, but they've got the little office that they're working from. So we can, we do have a support structure. So um, they are there to jump in and take over um, the work that we can't get done when we needed as and when. Um but what we have done is we, we packed up everything in April this year and we on a year-long road trip through South Africa. So we move from place to place um, and we stay, we stay for a relatively longer periods. So we usually try for a month, but sometimes we just stay a week and then we explore the area around us. Yeah, so that's what we do.
2: So that's very exciting. You have taken your business on the road with enough backup to keep the business going. Um, And you're traveling around South Africa, but also in quite a structured manner. So tell us more about the 12 hotspots you've created and how you've actually broken down our big country into a tangible
0: adventure. We try to divide the country into 12 areas or 12 circles. Um, starting in KZN and then working anti-clockwise up um, through the north and then all along the coast and then coming back into this, uh, the centre of the country. That was the uh, the original plan. And we sort of um, – what we tried to do was to, to stay in the areas where the internet coverage is quite good so because – The way we work is we um, we we work on a remote server, and so we can anyway access our work from anywhere in the world. But we do need a strong internet connection. So setting up to carry on with work wasn't that hard, um, but it also it it sort of forces us to stay longer in one place. We we don't um, we try not to to just jump through places like a few days. In one spot, we try to stay for longer periods. So, um, for example, to get back to the question, we started in KwaZulu Natal and we stayed um, the whole of May 2018. We stayed close to Newcastle and we were sure of the internet there and we explored um, the area there with all the um, Anglo Boer War sites. You know, you can do all those trips with the Zulu mm, yeah. walls and the, the Boer Wars. So we did that, and then the second month we moved down to the coast and we we explored the In coast. So every time we moved, we made sure that there's internet connection and we stayed long enough because, you know, the other thing we have to do is um, ensure that the kids are still keeping up to date with the schoolwork. Um, so we have to have a place where they can also sit and concentrate and do their work.
2: Yes, because it's not just you and your husband. You've got two kids. Um, how old are they
0: now? Yes. So our little girl is seven and our boy is 11. I shouldn't call him that like, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and how do you prepare family for
2: an adventure like this?
0: Yeah, that was quite interesting. Uh, the, the plan sort of started unfolding last year at the end of last year. So from October to around, well, up to March, we talked to them about it a lot. And um, they had two struggles. The first one was letting go of friends because Mm we, um, I think all all kids everywhere have their little circle of friends. So letting go of friends is hard for them. And they're not... um, it was hard for them. It was hard for them to to think or to understand that they're gonna they're not gonna see these friends of theirs for more than a year. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was their stuff. Um, and I, I remember my 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 daughter asked me we were talking about what to pack, and she said she wants to take her bedside table with her <laughs> with her <laughs> lamp. <laughs> and all her little things, you know. She she always, um, she has this little safe place in her room and she wanted to take that whole thing with her. So that was, that was really hard. And when we started packing up and moving stuff into storage or selling it or giving it away, it was very traumatic for them. They didn't want to let go of things, um, of toys and, you know... I, I would call it crap, but it's their treasures. Yeah, you know, they, so. they want to hold on to everything, so that but, was hard for them. So, have you found you know, a replacement? Sorry, is it,
2: have you found a replacement for the bedside table?
0: <laughs> no. You know what we ended up doing was um, they could they could try, pa- pa- pack a little backpack, so whatever could fit into the backpack they were allowed to take with them. And they Mm -hmm. still have the backpack with them everywhere. They pack it in with them. um, It stays with them by their seats. And then also what they have is blankets. They've got these special blankets that the one um, my mom um, knitted for them and the other one was a present from an aunt and the other one was a present from another aunt. So they've got these three blankets uh, and a soft toy. Okay. And... Wherever we go, they create their little space, and then they are fine. So, yeah, that was the preparation.
2: And um, do you also have a blanket and a soft toy?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I never packed mine. Oh. Can't you, I can't believe it. <laughs> so what was the toughest thing for you personally, not in business necessarily, just personally?
0: Um, for me, it was definitely saying goodbye to friends. We, um, we have, we live in the street in Pretoria and we almost know everyone in the street. And we used to, um, just, what do you call it? On this, at the spur of the moment, mm. just walk to someone's house and have a cup of coffee or whatever. So I, that was hard to say goodbye and it's still, I still find it hard to, I miss them. You know, I miss my friends and that little, Connection we had and the closeness of being in the same street in the same neighbourhood. Yeah, Yeah. that was hard for
2: me. (laughs) But you gain something as well by giving up something. Oh, definitely.
0: Yes, definitely. So, what are the biggest?
2: Yeah, what are the biggest gains?
0: Um, I think being free, um, free from whatever. I I still struggle to put it into words but there's a, um, a little cage that we create when we live somewhere and we're going to go back to the cage one day so yes. it's not all bad but for now <laughs> um, there's a little cage that we put ourselves in and for us with the kids at school all those um, responsibilities and expectations that we have to live up to um, being in the house and having um, a bond to pay and worrying about the electricity and the water. and if, You know, there's this thing that we... Maybe it's just being grown-up.
2: Yeah. But
0: being, you know, the, the grown-up... Adulting. Life, we, we, yes, exactly. It feels like we are cheating at life at the moment because we've, it feels like we are free. That's the, that's the perk, yeah.
2: <laughs> and then the biggest challenge for your business, if there were any, or how, how do you feel about taking your business on the road?
0: Uh, you know, the biggest challenge is internet connectivity. It's such a headache. In South Africa, it's, we plan our route according to the data coverage maps. And then we would get to a place where we've booked for a whole month. And then when we switch on the, the Wi-Fi router or the we look at our cell phones or whatever there's nothing no signal <laughs> 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 and that's happened a few times that's such a headache we were we were at this place on the west coast we knew that the connectivity wasn't going to be great there but we only booked for a week on the club by, and the one day we woke up and I promise you there was nothing no signal you know when your phone <laughs> says emergency <it's> calls Amy? <laughs> and it, you know what? It's this Law because that was our busiest payroll oh. day of the month. It was crazy. So we ended up driving a um 100 kilometers inland to where we actually had a 3G signal. And we sat in the car in front of a fuel station. <laughs> <laughs> in parallel that was yeah, but yeah, so our biggest challenge is internet connectivity not only because of the coverage but because of the cost it's, yeah, it's, definitely it's, I can agree, yeah because
2: yeah. you've touched on something where you stay and I think we kind of missed that so if we can trace back a little bit to that um, what's your setup, do you camp do you stay, do you have a camper van like what's so? because I think um, people would also want to be, yeah interested in how you actually go around. So you've got a car. Yes.
0: Okay. So when we started, um, when we started planning, we thought we will do the whole van life thing. Hashtag van life. Yeah. You know, you see that everywhere. But then we, um, we sort of made an estimate. We set up this Excel spreadsheet and we tried to plan for three months, you know, where we would sleep and where we would stay. To see if the budget would make it, or at that stage we were wondering how much we would we want in rent for our house, mm-hmm. and we saw that camping in South Africa is extremely expensive, and we we took a chance and we went onto Airbnb, and we looked at places according to the route, and it was very cheap, like crazy cheap, much cheaper than camping. And there and then we decided we're not going to do the camping. So um, we packed the car and we, we packed a trailer. And we did pack camping things for those, you know, spur-of-the-moment weekends. But in the last six months, we've camped once. So we ended up leaving all our camping stuff um, at my father-in-law's place. And, yeah, so we're traveling with the car and we're booking um, places, self catering units through Airbnb and Booking dot com and Lake Slope um, and so far it's relatively cheap. Or maybe more the affordable. better word is affordable. Yes. Yeah, it's very affordable and it's um, it's comfortable. You know, and everywhere you go there's usually a little table where we can work out. So it makes more sense. Um, yeah, than camping. Okay. No.
2: And uh, yeah, and especially with our crazy weather patterns, um, it helps knowing that you don't have to pack up a, a wet tent or anything exactly. like that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: So you were talking about being connected and finding creative ways to stay connected or you drive 100 kilometers just for reception. Are there any apps that you've been using um, to help you work remotely or just help you be entertained or that's helping the kids? So just on the technology side, are there anything that you've introduced into your life that's made it a little bit easier?
0: I think that the biggest um, thing that helps this whole journey is um our IT guys dot cloud who set up this whole remote working thing for us so um i'm not sure what it's called but we log in remotely into a server and you can download an app and you can log into that same server with your phone or your ipad or whatever device you have so that's the one thing the second thing is obviously your services, <laughs> digital niche. <laughs> You've saved us more than once when our website crashed. Fun, fun. Thank you. So I think firstly, um, not even looking at apps or anything like that, but looking at service providers, those two, you and .cloud. But then recently I discovered an app called DataLee. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's helped me quite a lot with managing my data usage so um, it tracks your yeah it tracks your usage and it has a little alarm that goes off if you start exceeding the daily limit and that has helped me a lot because um it's sort of Takes away the surprise of in the evening when I lie in bed to check how much I've spent <laughs> for the day. The shock is gone, you know. It
2: goes so quickly. I mean, I'm I'm very much in the same yeah boat as you guys, and yeah. data goes very quickly in South Africa. <laughs> so I hear you. Um, I'll know, uh, yeah, we'll put the link um in the description as well of the podcast, so people okay. can find find that and then any recommendations of local artists books music or any other talent that we need to know about that you've stumbled upon that, or that's kept you um entertained in the last couple of months
0: yes so um there's i found three books um that were very interesting the first one when we were in kzn i was very interested in the Zulu story, the history of the Zulus and how their nation came about and that whole thing. So I found a book by Nomavenda Matiane um, it's called Eyes in the Night, an Untold Zulu Story and it was a fascinating story um, it was it's, her, it's, it's the story of her grandmother who was a little girl when the British came and fought against the Zulus in the 1800s um and oh, yeah, I just found it fascinating. I love um historical f- fiction and she told it so beautifully and I think everyone should read it. So that's the one book I found. And the other one, um I'm busy reading it now, it's called The Keeper of the Coo and it's by Sylvia Wollenhoefen. And her story is um she she says I think the Subtitle is something like the story of a um, Busman Kent. Mm -hmm. So she she's a coloured girl who who grows up um, in in Cape Town, and she um, realizes that that there's something different about her, not just the colour of her skin, and she starts digging in her um, ancestral stories, and she discovers that she's in the same family line as this um, Bushman person son person who um, I'm not sure what the right word he's like a diviner or a storyteller and basically the story um, up to where I am now is that she gets that same blessing of keeping the stories alive and yeah I enjoy stories like that 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 tell about the people of South Africa um, but anyway, back to the question. Yeah. The third book <laughs> is an Afrikaans book that I bought in Springbok called Ian Kantland by Pienis Ace. and it's just a typical story of uh, it's short stories, but, um, re- true stories of things that happened in Namaqualand while this writer was a little boy, which was in the early 1900s. So, yeah, artists, I actually have two that I, no, one. Um, When we were traveling in the Midlands, we went to Fort Nottingham. And there's a, it's like a little museum. um, (laughs) That's a long story. But anyway, the artist we found there was Alson Zuma. And he, in the same lineage as the, the Sun people, and he makes these, I'm not sure what the art form is called, but he it's like he paints with um, burning pictures into wood. Does that make sense? So we found him, and yeah, it's beautiful. If you go to that museum, Fort Nottingham, you'll see all his works on display there.
2: I'll also put a link, and I'll try and find it online, and then put a link in um, so people can have a look. Okay. You've written a book with your mum. Do you have other talents that we don't know about?
0: <laughs> or many? <laughs> Choose three. <laughs> three. No, I'll say one. Okay. I can play the piano. <laughs>
2: and you can't take a
0: piano with
2: you, but I'm sure you can rent a place no. that has a piano.
0: Yes, we actually did stay in one place where the, the host had a piano. But, you know, I never, I never actually went to play. But that's something to look forward to when we stop our adventure one day. So um.
2: About that one day, you set out to go for 12 months, at so 12 hotspots around South Africa for 12 months. Um, has the plan yes. changed? Are you extending it? Are you allowed to say if you do?
0: <laughs> um, we might. It, at the moment, it depends on um, the people we are renting our house to. So if they want to extend the, the rental agreement, then we'll carry on with the adventure. And we are hoping to carry on until the end of next year. It's so exciting. Well.
2: Yeah. So people might listen to this and go, oh, that sounds so exciting, but I, I just can't do it. Do you have any advice for them? Do you have any regrets about your decision?
0: No, no, not at all. No, you know what? I think people need to realize that human beings are extremely adaptable. So, you know, this feels like normal to us now. It's not a challenge. It's not difficult. Um, we are in the swing of things. We have our way of doing things. And it's not, yeah, you know, it's not a um, challenge anymore. It's just, it's wonderful. It's a privilege and we love it. It's a new normal. Yes, definitely. Normal.
2: Um, so a, a last fun question, ice cream or cake?
0: Oh, I can't choose. It depends, it depends on my mood.
2: Today I would say ice cream. Okay, let's stick with today's choice. And then a sunrise
0: <laughs> or a sunset? Sunrise, definitely. Do you have a reason for that? Um, it's more magical because it's it's as if it's more quiet. Sunsets can still have a little bit of the noise of the day attached to it, mm-hmm. but a sunrise is—it's um, it's usually dead quiet. What do you perceive success to be, idea? Oh um, so I—I I believe that we were created by God. <laughs> And I think success is if we somehow manage to become the the person or the human being that he had in mind when he created us. Um, yeah.
2: And it's an ongoing journey.
0: Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. It, it
2: can't stop. Yeah. yeah. That's a good journey to be on. Thank you so much, for your time, I really appreciate it. Um, and thanks for sharing a little bit of your story and of the courage um, and the background of this great adventure you guys have allowed yourself to have. And I think that's another thing is allowing ourselves to have opportunity. And I think it's wonderful yeah. that you've done that for, for you as a family and for yourself and as a couple and then obviously for your kids as well. I think it's a it's a great chapter in their lives if people want to follow your journey, where can they get hold of you?
0: So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, it's um, at SA Road Trip. If you search it, you'll see it's The Route van de mm-hmm. And on Instagram, it's The Route van de Great
2: stuff. So we'll put that link in as well and people can follow your journey for the next couple yes. of months.
0: Thank you.
1: And that was Rit Clutter. What I love about their story is how they had a dream, plotted it down, simply planned and structured their business in a way that can work for them, and then went for it. What might seem to others like such a big deal is now this family's new normal. Living life on the road and making each new place their home while they are there. You might think you need to have a super creative job to allow for an adventure, but this family is an example of how the right mindset can get you the adventure anyway. Check out our website for more inspirational stories. I'm Nichelle and this is the We Create Podcast. Thank you for listening.